I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Yay, it's the end of the year, the perfect time to catch up with some of your favorite past guests. What have they been up to? Are they still out there dating or have they met someone? Have they changed their mindset since being on the show? Well, be prepared to be surprised, amused, and delighted by our recent catch-up sessions. Let's start with Shelby. If you remember, for the opener of season seven, we sent Shelby on two blind dates. In fact, the episode is called Two Blind Dates. She met Matt and Bo and seemed to really hit it off with Matt, whom she saw twice before he left on a trip. 
So what happened when he got back in town? Let's find out. Shelby, hi. Hello. <laughs> I am dying to know what happened. The last time we spoke, you had just finished two blind dates, one with Matt, one with Bo. Yes. And you really hit it off with Matt. That night ended up in a nice make-out sesh. You guys crashed a party. And uh, things didn't go as well with Bo. So obviously of the two, you had your favorite. And yes. then um, Matt went away, right? He went on a trip. Yeah, so, he was on a trip. Uh, I remember we were all strategizing about ways to keep in touch because we know how it goes when one person leaves town. Okay, what happened? So yeah, I, I think when we were on the show, we discussed me reaching out, you know, just checking in while he was gone, which I did. So I think it was a few days after he had been gone, I just wrote him a message, something about what we had been talking about. And then I just said, hope you're having a good trip and work is going well. And I think he just texted back, like, thanks for letting me know this other thing that we were talking about. And then he just said, yeah, um, trip's been great working a lot. So it was just kind of like a really short reply. Mm. And that was it. That was it? Never you never heard, saw him again? Never heard from him again. Never saw him again. And yeah, pretty, I, I kind of call it a typical SF dating scenario. Oh, bummer. Did you try reaching out to him again? No. Like, I kind of felt like I, I, I put myself out there when yeah. he was gone and I, I reached out and kind of the, the short text and I understand that he was working and things like that. But I mean, honestly, if he wanted to see me when he got back, he would have reached out. So, right, right. Yeah. If you did see him now or ran into him on the street, which could very well happen. Yeah. Would you confront him or ask him? Uh, yeah, I totally would. What would you ask him? What would you say to him? Well, I would obviously just, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty open person. I would just say hi and talk to him and see how he was doing and just kind of be like, hey, whatever happened? Like, I never heard from you. Mm. So, I mean, and I, I mean, he was a nice guy. We got along well. So, I, I mean, I don't hold it against him. But, I mean, we went on one and a half dates. I feel like we didn't really have any, like, obligation. But right. it would have been nice to just have a quick, like, hey, just don't see this going anywhere, text, but. Right, yeah, people don't do that. They just let things no. fade. The exact same thing happened to me too. Exact same thing. And yeah. it's just like, like right before the trip, it's like so exciting because you mm -hmm. just are dating. You kind of think, well, this has potential. It could go somewhere and everybody yeah. says the right things then, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to see you again once you're back. And then you just never know what happens once no. they're on that trip. But honestly, it's interesting because I will tell you, I do have a boyfriend now. What? Yes. Oh, um, so but good. interesting enough, when I met him, I met him at a party and he got my number, but he was like, I'm going out of town oh. for like a week or so. Um, hopefully I can text you when I get back and we can hang out. And I was like, sure. And honestly, when that happened, I was like, I'm never going to hear from this guy. Right. And he reached out to me, but it was right before I was leaving for Burning Man. So oh. I was like, hey, I'm leaving now for about two weeks. So how about I'll let you know when I'm back. And so it was kind of interesting because then I, I did reach out when I got back and it started off relatively slow. And then, yeah, now we're together. So, oh, my gosh. How long yeah. ago did you meet him? 
so a couple weeks before Burning Man, so maybe like three-ish months ago. And you guys have been dating for how long? Um, I guess since that time, and we've been official for maybe like a month now. And how did it become official? He kind of just called me his girlfriend, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. I guess I'm okay with that. (laughs) And he was like, okay. How did he call you his girlfriend? Was it when introducing you? I was actually like, we were just talking about the weekend. He was like, this has been a great weekend. I just like bought a new surfboard. I got a new wetsuit. And he was like, and I have a new girlfriend. And I was like, oh, Oh. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was just, it was just so easy. Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't pressured. It wasn't like we needed to like sit down and have the chat and need to know where we were. Cause I think we already both felt like we were there. But yeah, it's, it was it was just such an interesting thing because compared to the Matt situation, that's why I think at this point I was like, if he wanted to reach out, he would have. It's just so fascinating, isn't it? Because if it's meant to work out, it shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't have to make that much of an effort or think about a message that much. Exactly. And you just proved that. And some people say, well, it's all about timing. If you're both not in town, if you're traveling a lot. I do think timing has a lot to do with it, but if you really feel like you clicked with someone and you see that there's potential, you make it work still. Yeah, you really do. So I don't know. I feel like I've heard for so long people have said it'll just be easy, it'll click. And Mm -hmm. I know some people have relationships that they did have to work very hard to get to where they are. And I mean, this is all very new still, but I do feel like it was just, it was easy. Yeah. Like there was not no games and it just kind of flowed and I mean, I think honestly it helped him and I met at a friend's birthday party. We have a lot of mutual friends. Yes. People yes. spoke highly of both of us to each other, so that was a good push as well. But you kind of persevered against all odds because one, you met at a party. Two, you're both out of town one after another for a very long time. And three, you kind of like gave up on him when he first said, I'm going out of town. I'll call you when I get back. Yeah. So I honestly did not think I was going to hear from him. When I got like a text to hang out, I was like, wait, who? Oh, yeah. It's like that guy. Isn't that nuts that when people say something, we have a hard time trusting that they're actually going to follow up on what they're saying? Mm-hmm. That's sad. They're like, oh, he's just saying that, but that's not yeah. really going to happen. Well, that's you sound true. you sound very happy. I am. I'm very happy. And did you guys do the traditional like first date and all that? Or did you skip all that since you have mutual friends? No, we like went out and grabbed drinks um, on our first date. And then our second date was actually like a mutual friend type of thing. So it was kind of scattered in between, like we would go on a date and then we'd kind of do stuff with friends. So it kind of built on that. And I remember during your episode, we said something and I I remember me saying this, it's like, Shelby, I think you just come off too cool. Like you are, you go with the flow, you're, you know, flexible to deal with and you're very understanding and maybe that sometimes makes men think that they can say something and not keep their promise. Do you kind of feel like things aren't that way with with a boyfriend? Or yeah, do you th- I don't think things are really that way. Maybe just because I felt comfortable with him 
more quickly because we did have all these mutual friends that I didn't feel like I had to be so like laissez-faire about everything. Ah, interesting. So for anybody who was in the situation you were in a few months ago, let's say with the Matt situation and not hearing him from him again, what would you say to people who are in that same boat? I don't know. I would say not fixate on it so much that there are other people out there and just to keep putting yourself out there. But obviously, if you feel like you have a really big connection with someone, just reach out. Like, honestly, I think with the Matt thing, I felt connected to him, but I wasn't super disappointed that I never heard from him either. Mm-hmm. It was we only had gone on a few dates. So I guess it's just it is situational, but I'd say just, just don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. And also know that you meet certain people for the right reasons. And maybe they're not there to stay in your life. But you have to go through these people to get to the right person. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I dated a lot. (laughs) Uh, What's your boyfriend's name? Andrew. Andrew. Well, we wish you and Andrew lots of happiness, lots of good times, and lots of just good vibes all around. Thanks so much for checking in with us. And um, it's like a very happy story. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. I If you would have called me a couple weeks or a few months ago, it wouldn't have been the same. So, right, you never, you you just never know. Exactly, you never know. (laughs) Okay, thanks so much, Shelby. I know you're busy with work and everything, so (laughs) we'll chat later. Awesome, thank you guys so much. (laughs) Have you ever gotten an Uber or Lyft and found yourself really jiving with the driver? That's exactly what happened to Chris on season six, episode five, called The Unexpected Ride. Chris told us the story of how he met his girlfriend when she was his Uber driver one fateful night. So, are they still together? Let's call Chris. Hey Chris, how's it going? Hi Chris! Hi! So what's up? We want to know. We haven't talked to you in a while and, you know, we were so curious if you're still with your girlfriend. Tell us everything. Yeah, well, so Connie asked if family. Um, she moved to LA uh, and I'm going to move to LA very soon. Oh, wow! wow. Yeah, we just stayed together. We, we had a little bit of a after the breakup, like what did you change about your communication style? What I changed about my communication style was I started, you know, like asking her deeper questions. Why are you upset about this thing? You know, is there something else going on behind the scenes that you're, that's, that's in your head, like something that you think that I should be doing that maybe I'm not? Is there something that I can do differently? Um, I think 
Another thing that I changed after that, I had actually let myself kind of um, change into someone else in a few ways. Mm. You know, I like going clubbing and she doesn't. And she would say, look, I'd rather that you didn't. So I had said, okay, well, I was. Uh, and I realised that that was having a little bit of on me mm. sort of my happiness. You know, it wasn't just that. There was various other things, nothing sort of damaging to the relationship. Breakup was a chance to reset all of that and say, why don't we look at each other as like, this is where you are and who you are right now. And I'm just going to work with that instead of trying to mould you into something that I want you to be. Wow. The other day, she was like, yes, that's all good. Glad you had fun. Very, very different. So it's been a really different relationship. So I think that the lesson there is like, you know, you can try and change someone, but you're just going to cause a rebellion or you're going to cause them to be miserable or, or whatever. It's way more rewarding to sort of look at where they are and who they are and just say, I like the person for, for what they are, you know. And it means that you're not, they're not going to be 100% what you want. What you can actually, what I've learned through this is like, there's certain things that I would like her to be different, but because she is who she is, I get to actually instead look at her as like a whole package and just enjoy that. That is so well said. So well said. Yeah, you know, with relationships in the beginning, everyone's trying to please the other person because you're trying to be happy and make this whole thing work. And then you reach a breaking point where you say, am I also compromising my own happiness or my own identity? So that's when the walls come down and you have to have these like very candid conversations about this is who you are. This is who I am. How can we meet each other's needs without compromising each other's happiness and identity? And let's address all the problems on the table right now. And that I think that's when you have a real connection in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's when the facade goes away. That's when you say, we're in this together and we're trying to create a life together and possibly a future together. How can we get there? So it sounds like you guys reached that breaking point and the walls have come down. And the next step is you're moving to L.A. for her. Yeah, well, I mean, she actually moved for me. So it's kind of on me. Uh, we, were, we were standing at the pier at Santa Monica one night and it was super warm. And I said, you know what, we should just do this. We should just move here and like, live here for a little while and, and try this out. Uh, so, you know, she then got contacted by a... a, a company that wanted to hire her in LA and I said, why don't you go for it? And so she's over there, she's gone a little sooner than I'm, I'm still kind of in the process of making my move, so I'm going to join her in January. And so I think that, that you know, moving in together kind of signifies that, that point of seriousness and definitely the facade has to come down in order for that to work. So it's sort of weird that we had this very dramatic way of realising that we were both kind of um, mistreating each other in a way by having all these expectations and not just accepting the person for who they are. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad that it happened because it's let us reset. You know, I feel like having that like slate is really great because it gives me the chance to just have a basically perfect record of not doing any of the sort of things that I wasn't proud of before where she wouldn't live up to an expectation and as a result we'd have an argument about it and you know it's all it's all fresh and all new it's a, it's a new start. So I love it. That sounds great. That sounds like a great way to create a new life together and start something fresh. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Thanks Chris. Thanks for updating us and excited for your next journey. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, these are really good. And, I mean, if you had told me a month ago, I would have said, oh, I'm not so sure about this relationship and things aren't 
100% where I want them to be. Uh, and that was another learning for me was that um, it is what you make it mm-hmm. in many ways. Like, sort of you, your own headspace can affect how you feel about it. Uh, but for the whole duration of the relationship, the most amazing thing about to me was uh, her staying You know, we would be right on the brink of breaking up. She would never even come close in her mind to breaking up with me. And that was a big difference for me compared to past relationships. Mm. And it was something that made me really stick it out. So I appreciate that she really put the work in to um, keep us together, but that it never crossed her mind as far as I could tell that she would like want to break up, even when it got really bad. Well, you know, someone right. told me the easiest thing to do in a relationship is to break up. That is the possibly the most the, the easiest thing you could do, yeah. the easiest decision. And for both of you to have the courage and the motivation to not let that happen and, and get back together says a lot about your relationship already. Thank you. But you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not the one who kept it together. <laughs> I was the one who was like, this is really annoying and painful. And she was always the one that would say, or not say, but through her actions show that she's really serious about the relationship mm. and wants it to work. And that kept me, kept me in the game. So mm, yeah. that's well, a big quality. You need at least one has. person to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have one. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Keep us up- updated on your new life in LA. We'll do another catch-up sesh in a few months and see how things are going and what other relationship advice we can take from you. Yeah, please do. Bye, Chris. Bye. It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about our current sponsor, Audible. You get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. We've really been enjoying our subscription to Audible, listening to our past guest, Dr. Alexandra Solomon's book called Loving Bravely, and so many other books as well. We get to choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. The best part is that you can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Give yourself the gift of listening. And while you're at it, think about giving the gift of Audible to someone on your list. Go to audible.com slash datable or text datable to the number 500500 today. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E or text datable to the number 500500 to get started. Now back to the show. A new dating term came out a few years ago called breadcrumbing, which the Urban Dictionary defines as the act of sending out flirtatious but non-committal text messages in order to lure a sexual partner without expending much effort. Well, on season five, episode 10, our guest Farah was victim to chronic breadcrumbing from the guys she was dating. Is she still being breadcrumbed? Farah, please do tell. Hi, Farah. Hey. How's Hi. it going? How are you? Good. <laughs> we were wondering if you were breadcrumbing us for a sec. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm getting ready uh, to go out. I'm just, like, doing my makeup and stuff and just not paying attention that you were calling via Facebook. I'm so sorry about that. No but worries. <laughs> no worries. We've connected now. We're clear on your intentions and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> We are so curious about what's been going on in your life. Are you still in this breadcrumbing situations or have you got that under control? Well, so um, I think I've got it under control. I'll explain 
why? Yeah. So, uh, by the way, the, the episode is pretty popular with my friends, too, and they're like, girl, I feel you, and they're done that. I was like, I know, um, it was popular I, in general. People yeah, really related to it. It was that one, one of our most popular episodes because everyone's been oh, breadcrumbed. Yeah. yeah, no, I think um, actually I saw that Matthew Husby recently commented on it and how it's more dangerous than ghosting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, so I took all of the advice that I got and um, basically what up happened after the episode was um, I was dating someone for a few months, but it turns out he wasn't really serious about, you know, things like getting married and having kids anytime soon. So I went ahead and ended that. And then what ended up happening was did the same thing you know went on the dating apps and so on and one day I realized I was getting breadcrumbs and I was like oh hell no we're not doing this again so I decided to go through the app go through every single match that I had and um, the app I was using wasn't Tinder or anything it was uh, the league so you have you don't have as many um, matches I asked every guy the same question which is what are you looking to get out of you know the league or or otherwise Mm -hmm. and the answers I got were super interesting I think if men don't know you like if if they've never met you they're usually pretty honest I got guys yeah I got guys who said I just got divorced and I'm looking for some fun. And I was like, great, good on uh-huh. you. Not my journey, but like have fun. And um, then I had guys who were very wishy-washy. Like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. It depends on the connection that I'm making with a person. And I was like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> Next. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you could kind of tell who was being serious and who wasn't. And I also sent Julie some screenshots of the guy that I've been dating for the past couple months, mm-hmm. where when I asked him, hey, what are you do? You know, what are you looking for? And he's like, what do you mean a guy like me? I was like, okay, touche, good point. Um, <laughs> oh, he called you <laughs> out. I love it. <laughs> he did, and I liked that. I was like, ooh, interesting. So I said, look, everybody's got their own journey. I just don't want to pick up any hitchhikers along the way. And he's like, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And so he kind of went into what he was looking for and had kind of his, you know, perspective on life, and that's where it began. And so... Thank you for your advice. It worked. Oh, great. So how long have you guys been dating? This is so exciting. Been a little over three months now. Nice. Nice. Well, see, that's the thing. It's not so much about, I think people, you know, sometimes they think, how do I not get breadcrumbed? It's not so much don't get breadcrumbed. Just weed out the people who will breadcrumb you. Exactly. (laughs) That's the whole point. So you get them from the very beginning. And why are people so scared of asking that question? What is it you're hoping to get from this app? Right. Why are people so afraid to ask that? That should be the number one question you ask. And especially when you don't even know them. It's not even personal at it's that not. point. <laughs> exactly. And the funny thing is, is I've been telling my girlfriends, some of them have been doing it and some of them haven't. And the ones that haven't are still the ones that struggle. And I'm like, girl, ladies, <laughs> yeah. have it. <laughs> so what other signs have you gotten from him that he is not a breadcrumber? Well, I mean, we communicate every day, which is good. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's, that's a big one. That's a, that's that's a, big, a big win right there. <laughs> well, it was nice with that um, when we first uh, matched and connected. Um, I, I was traveling, and then he had to travel for work. So then we just ended up texting a lot and just sharing more about our lives and building that connection that way mm. um, initially. 
Um, so, I mean, I guess it's kind of like when people write letters to each other. It's the same thing before they, they meet. Um, so it took us about two weeks, and then I was, we were both in town, and we finally met, and we had a drink. And probably within five minutes, we were holding hands, and, you know, like, he was whispering to me. And it was just really intimate and nice to kind of know somebody before you meet them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, so it was really great to just build that connection and just talk about, you know, things like your childhood and goals and all of that. And I think people just shouldn't be afraid of bringing it up at the beginning because if if a guy really isn't into that and he doesn't want those things, he's just going to, you know, pass and go on to something else and you're better off anyway. They'll find somebody who wants the same thing you want, you know? Awesome. Well, we're so happy for you. That's so exciting. That's such good news. That is such good news because it's, it's a different perspective on dating. Instead of being in that rut that you were in, why does everybody breadcrumb? Why are these like great guys who seem like great guys in the beginning, they breadcrumb? Well, I think a lot of people are going through this because they don't ask the right questions yeah. from the beginning. If you yeah. ask the right questions and you establish your mindset, your standards, what you're open to, then it weeds out all the people who are not, like you said, on the same journey. Or look at the actions that I think, like you said, is like, if it's not lining up, it's like, can you have a conversation? If still not lining up, is it really the right person? And, you know, some people, some people would say, well, uh, wouldn't someone just say all the right things in the beginning to get you the, get you to like them or get you to sleep with them? The thing is, like, this is what we've learned from talking to all the singles who are dating in, in this world today. It's so much work to do that, <laughs> you know? Like, it'd be so much easier to find someone else who's just looking to hook up right. as opposed to trying to right. scam someone or, like, to manipulate someone just so they sleep with you. Like, most people don't want to waste that time. Right, because there's more than enough people that will just do whatever. Way more than enough. And also, you can tell, too, when someone's genuine versus just feeding you stuff, for the most part. For the most part, Unless they're real good. What's up? I mean, I I will say that there were some guys that were breadcoming me that were still kind of hanging around going, oh, let's be friends, but I'm still not sure. I cut those people out. Good. Good. Yeah, even before I started dating this guy, which I think is actually really key, get rid of the breadcrumbers, reset and just go forward and your head will be so much clearer you'll be so much happier um and that was something that i really learned is just like it's it's not about being mean or not being nice Mm -hmm. it's just you know there's that that saying you should put your oxygen mask on first before helping others yes (laughs) and i really believe that like just put your oxygen mask on first and just you know do what's right for you and not because oh it might look bad or oh he may not like it who cares I love it. That is like a 180 from when we talked to last. Yeah. I love it. And I think also yeah. it's like there is, I've noticed this in my own life too. It's like when, even if you don't have someone new, just removing people that aren't moving forward really makes that space for totally. someone new to come. And like, it seems like at the time you're like, well, is this better than no one? But it actually like not having them does make that space. Absolutely. I think it's important. You need that space in order for that person to come in. And you can't really do that if you're just thinking about what ifs and maybe and or have yep. not. But I'm, I'm serious. I completely cut certain people off, block them on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Facebook, every mm-hmm. social media platform, deleted their phone numbers, and just not giving them a second thought. And it's been great. 
Well, I mean, the point of life is because life is so short, you should surround yourself with people who are hell yes about you right. instead of maybe I don't know how I really feel about her. I don't know if I want to be friends with her or date her. Why do why would you want people like that in your life? So, yes, right. cut out the people who are eh, maybe about you. Or people that are consistent, not just floating in and out when it yeah. serves them. Yeah, exactly. This has been so great to catch up with you and hear this. Yeah. New version. I love this like new refresh. New, new version of Farah, who is now no longer uh, being breadcrumbed, who's happy uh, with a guy. I mean, that's what we love to hear. I have to say, if it wasn't for you ladies and Rich, I don't think I would have gotten here as quickly <laughs> yeah. on my own. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for um, all of your kindness and all of your guidance. And I love your show. And I Aww. hope you guys keep doing it for, for a very, very, very long time. So I think it really does help a lot of people. Aww. So thank you both so much. That's so nice to hear. And I'm glad the tough love we gave you on there <laughs> actually was love. <laughs> and Sarah, hopefully next time we catch up, your boyfriend can get on the phone too. Yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, girl. Kisses. Bye. And last but not least, do you guys remember Michael Vargas? He was our co-host at the start of Datable and later moved to San Diego. Michael, who holds a master's in clinical psychology, was always our voice of reason. But he also had a quirky side to him, which was summed up quite well in season one on an episode called The Mushroom Pickup. Yup, is exactly as it sounds. He used a mushroom to pick up a woman at a conference. We wanted to catch up with Michael to see how he's enjoying the San Diego dating scene, and more importantly, if he's used any other fungi to pick up women. Well, well, stranger on the phone, Michael Vargas. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I can't believe, how long have you been in San Diego now? I think almost three years now. Time just flies. Like I told you, um, we hit 100 episodes of Datable. We still get emails about, how's Michael Vargas doing? Uh, uh. <laughs> so we thought, okay, it's time to check in because it's just been ages for one, but two, you're in like a completely different environment and we want to hear all about what you've been up to, but most importantly, your love life going on <laughs> in that department. What's been going on? I, uh, I'm enjoying San Diego, actually. Just meeting some amazing people out here. So that's a great segue into sure. <laughs> how is your dating life? Okay. Um, <laughs> my dating life has been a bit of a roller coaster. The theme is really bad, then nothing, and then rediscovery and reconnecting. Go yes. into all those buckets. So... About two years ago, uh, I meet a woman. We met through mutual friends, and we started dating. But before we started dating, I heard that she was going through a divorce. So I was like, okay. And then I also heard that it, it was, you know, done with and everything like that. So I thought, okay. And we started dating. Uh, and it was actually really fun. We went out dancing a lot which was nice. We both really liked to dance and we had really good conversation. Like I felt like I could really communicate with her. And what had happened was apparently her ex-wife reached out to me saying, hey, we're still together. What are you doing? And I was like, what? Wait, her and ex? Her ex-wife. Her ex-wife? Yes. yes. Her ex-wife lets me know that they're actually trying it out. And uh, I had no idea 
none of our mutual friends had any idea and then she just vanished her phone number was dead like cut off she was off social media she was just like gone um so i felt like what hurt the most was that i thought i could that we were communicating so clearly that's what hurts the most is like whoa like i was so deceived and i was like i'm done (laughs) (laughs) tap out i'm done I'm taking a step back. And so I didn't date for about a year and a half now. Just within the past couple of months, I started dating again. Good. Getting and yourself so, back out there. Yeah. I'm back in the early stages having fun. Yeah. And, and setting new standards for myself. Okay. What are these new standards? I want to take everything very slow. So first I know that I want a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. That's That's known for me personally um and this so this i don't know how to how to say this but first like standard is like we both need to present scd checking to each other okay and then, yes it is about that but it's more about how do they handle me asking that right that's what i'm really curious about both for sure i think that's just a healthy thing and to see okay we're gonna go in this kind of uncomfortable situation but like We're also thinking about doing things a bit, you know, so can we have a conversation about it? Yeah. So, um, so that's one. And then, yeah. And then making sure that we're able to have a conversation, what this means to us before we have sex. So those are two standards that I've kind of put in. And then how are you meeting people? I never have. I don't know if people knew this about me, but I never have done like any online dating before. Not even like Tinder? No, I've never done any online dating ever, but I meet people by going out. Like the other day, <laughs> this is a fun little story. So the other day we, we went out to karaoke at a place called Coyote and I like to dance and I was dancing and then I sat down and it's a gentleman's turn to sing karaoke and he has a, a phone in his hand. By the way, it's like an old flip phone. <laughs> and the one that opens and closes like a clamshell. Okay. And he, he's looking around, he has to sing, and he just hands it to me without saying a word. Just gives me his phone and starts singing. So I just put it on my lap, and I think he was singing for someone on the phone. And then I, across the room, this girl and I make eye contact, and we start laughing because we're like, this guy just gave me his phone. Like, this is a <laughs> funny moment. And we kept making eye contact, and we kept flirting. Afterwards, he took the phone, and I thought, man, she's so pretty. Two songs later, music turns on where a lot of people start dancing, and I just go up to her. I She's sitting down, so I kind of, like, like crouch down below her a little bit, right, to, like, uh, give her that space, I guess. And I asked, would you like to dance? And she goes, yes, I'd love to. You know when you dance with that person that it just instantly connects? Yeah. That's what it was. I was like, whoa okay great we even like had some like silly parts where i was doing like a can-can dance with her and she started cracking up and she said thank you so much for making me laugh so hard and then i'm starting to talk to her and and she tells me oh yeah i live in arizona arizona is not where i live (laughs) she's she's here visiting so that's some of like the weird stuff that happens at times but what a fun story people always complain they don't meet anybody out anymore It's because we don't take a moment to even connect with someone or even make eye contact with them. It just takes a simple smirk and a little 
you know, nonverbal understanding, and then you can start talking to them. And do it in a way that also makes them feel very comfortable and safe, right? Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, regardless of what you're trying to convey, if you just help another person, uh, especially a woman at a bar, to feel safe, yeah. Like, and if it doesn't turn out to be anything, great. But as long as, like, you practice that, that feeling of, like, okay, they can feel safe around me, like, instantly, because you are a safe person, you would never do anything. Right, yeah. Okay, great. So you're getting yourself back out there by yes. making yourself more available. Uh, any interest in going on the apps at all? Really? No. <laughs> I just... I just, I'm more of like, a, I'd rather be out in public. And it, I don't think there's anything wrong about it. I don't think there's anything bad. I just don't think it's for me. Okay. Like, I'm a, I'm a very tactile experience. Like, I don't like sitting on my laptop for longer than 45 minutes. Like, right. I'm just not connected to it. But I really like going out and just, like, being around good people. Right, right. And tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so this is, this is a new thing here is... Our topics are basically about organizations that they prevent social issues uh, from occurring in the first place. Things like domestic violence, uh, poverty, homelessness. Just this morning at 6 a.m., I interviewed a gentleman who's who's from Uganda about how they work to create sustainable farming for these small families to help them out of poverty and, and hunger and also to be able to provide more food for the community. And the way that they do it is fascinating because they work very hard to empower women to bring them to part of the to be a part of their discussion as equal partners. Like that's the first thing they focus on because they show how valuable women are. And that's just like a, a topic that we have on the uh, the show. So we've done we did one recently with Dr. Emma Fulu from the Equality Institute and they work to prevent violence against women all over the globe. Wow. Yeah. Who knows about them? That's insanity. And there's people doing these type of things all over the place. So the name of your podcast? Lead by Impact. And where can people listen? Um, you can find it on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, I believe Stitcher, and then on our website at uh, leadbyimpact.com slash podcast. Awesome. Love it, Michael. So great catching up with you and so happy that you're back in the dating scene with a renewed perspective and higher standards. That's how you do it. If you had to summarize the San Diego dating scene in one sentence, what would it be? The San Diego dating scene is a very relaxed style of dating that is also very open at times as well. Okay. And what is the main difference between San Diego's dating scene and San Francisco's mm. dating scene? Um, so I think San Francisco, I think people go on just a lot more dates, but I think that San Diego has more of a long-term relationship feel to it. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Compared, to, compared to San Francisco, I'd say. Why do you think there's that a, is? So people are, I mean, are more traditional? Uh, I don't know about traditional. I just think that there's a lot of families out here. So it kind of like, because here's like a great place to retire. Right. So families just live in San Diego. And I think it kind of like brings that element to it. 
And which dating scene do you prefer? There's a lot of driving out in San Diego. <laughs> um, I think I liked the the more like we're gonna do this in San Francisco, but I like the long term feel uh, in San Diego. So by what I mean by that is like keep more appointments compared to like San Diego. Right. I think San Diego people maybe a little bit more flaky at times. Um, not by much, but a little bit. Um, so like those two things kind of put together would be. Boom, ideal. Do you hear the same complaints in San Diego as we do in San Francisco? Like, oh, yeah. Being ghosted and breadcrumbed and all those terms. And so I actually don't know what breadcrumb means, but I think <laughs> does it mean like they give me one weird little message that doesn't make sense, but they still like little bit by little bit? Pretty much. I mean, they string yeah. you along. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ghosting is definitely out here. Yeah, I think it's the, like people complain about the same stuff out here. Okay, so for anyone who complains about the dating scene in their own city, I can pretty much guarantee you it's the same everywhere. So you just have to, <laughs> you're just gonna have to make it work in your city. I like the, the term of the grass is not greener on the other side; it's greener where you water it. Yeah. So water your dating scene, people. <laughs> Raise your standards. Okay, that's how you do it. And also when people say, oh, as soon as I moved to this new city, dating was so much better. It's only because you're the fresh meat to begin with, yes. right? And the everybody best. wants to catch oh. this fresh fish. Everything's new and novel. But then your newness wears off in like six months. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I miss the first six months of being <laughs> able to walk into anything saying, I'm new here. Me too. Me too. You know, that's, that is a great line for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new here. Take care of me. Take Do care something. Of me. Yeah. yeah. Let's have fun. Be friends. I'm impressed by everything you show me because I don't know anything here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to talk to you. So good to talk to you too. I'm glad we got to catch up. For anyone who hasn't heard Michael's own episode on Dateable, The Mushroom Trick, oh my goodness. it still ranks <laughs> in our top 10. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> People really want to know about The Mushroom Trick. <laughs> oh my goodness. You so, know, yeah. uh, she is now living near me, but we'll talk about that another day. Okay, when you have an update. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Thank you again for doing this call with us. I'm so happy we got to catch up. My pleasure. And thanks for having me back on. It was nice to uh, get to play again. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye, Michael. That's it for our catch-up sessions this week. Stay tuned for more next week, including our own updates. Also, we will be doing a Facebook Live on Wednesday, December 19th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. We will be bringing you some special guests who have a big announcement they're making about the relationship. Tune in for that. And is there a particular guest you really would like to have an update about? Let us know. Happy holidays, Dateable family, and remember to stay dateable. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. 
If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with datable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 